Okay, we're going to be on page 28 here. And um, look at the second mimer where it says, Olani Alata. Either I or you. Anche Dor Hamabo. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yes. No, over here. Uh-oh. Right. The people of the generation of the flat, page 28. They saw that the generation of Enosh, which lived before them, and they were, were idol worshippers, shalo and that what they tried to do in their idol worship didn't succeed. And Hashem brought a flood earlier to the world, and it uh, actually washed away one third of the world with the waters of the Atlantic or the waters of the ocean. Uh, he flooded. Yeah. How are you doing? Away from here. You want to look on if you want? Without you? Just listen to whatever you like. Good to see it. So God earlier had flooded the world to one third. But the generation of the flood did not come to any recognition, even though they knew that this had happened, this tremendous earlier event. From seeing this, they did not come to any conclusion that therefore, well, you know, we should serve God. Rather, they thought, we just need to do the Avera differently. Right? So they saw what had happened to the earlier people who worshipped idols. Instead of concluding, well, perhaps we should be serving God, there must be something wrong with the way they did, you know, their corruption. If we can do this in a way where we're not going to incur the same uh, response and punishment. Next time I cheat on my taxes, I'm going to well, be a little sneaky. Right. right. So they right. did chew on the Averis. <laughs> <laughs> trying to do the Avera better. Right, trying to do the Avera better. It's an interesting mentality, you know, that people have. One doesn't immediately recognize Oh, you know, this is HaKadosh Baruch but it must be that there, as you said, there's a sneakier way or a better way to try and be corrupt. Right. Got to be a way to get away with it. Right. right. Nothing wrong with right. that, it's just getting caught right. in the habits, right? Yeah. Now we're on page 28. In the generation of the flood, there was an enormous amount of abundance in the world. It was a very wealthy generation. And the lifestyle was very fine. The Chacham said that at that time the climate during the whole year was like the climate now between Pesach and Shavuos, basically springtime. Like living in San Diego, potentially. <laughs> 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 the Gamlo Hayu 
And rain would fall only once every 40 years, and that was sufficient. So everything was different before the flood. A Bisforna Mavur, the Sephorna, one of the great Torah commentators of the 1600s, he explains, Ki that even the path of the sun was different than it is in our times, the way the sun traveled. The sun was a little closer to earth in those times than it is now. That the conditions of life were pleasant as they will be with God's help in the time of the redemption of our of our people. The intention being that this is a nice manner of life through which one can serve God. To take advantage of the pleasant lifestyle in order to serve God. That's what God had in mind. That is giving them this nice way of living so they would choose to serve Him and not have obstacles in their way. Yes, sorry? I had a theory on Okay. So if it was straight at zero degrees, it would be the same seasons wouldn't change. So the rabbi see anywhere? That, I mean, is that what he's referring to? I don't know. I actually saw. I don't know. There's a midrash on it here about how when you're talking about the taxes. Yeah. During the time of the marble. Before. Oh, yeah, during the time of the marble. So maybe there's He says, the, the Malbim writes that the planet was shifted to cause a frequent change in weather, was a lasting punishment to mankind for their previous corruption and wickedness because the climate was so good that they got spoiled to sin. So that is what uh, you're asking. That's why I'm I haven't seen the Malbim inside. But that's, that's why I'm in California and Florida, where the weather <laughs> people are subject to more <laughs> moral degradation, perhaps. Perhaps. You have to spend as much time eating cool in your life. More time off to get Okay. That generation of the flood, he said, the people there had great potential. There were people with a lot of human possibility. Says, for example, it's written in our holy books that to comprehend the righteousness of Mesushela is not possible for people in our times. That's how righteous he was. It says in the Torah, where is Moshe Rabbeinu hinted to earlier in the Torah? It says in the Gemara. Well, the word is Bishagam Hu Basur. The word Bishagam is the same gematria as Moshe. And that was one of the things God was considering, looking at human beings, at flesh and blood, and human inclination, what's happening with the world. This is brought down in the Prisadic, too. That generation of the flood, they could have received Torah. 
they had the potential to receive Torah, to have a Kabbalist HaTorah then. V'hayya lahem koach HaTorah. Shehoysa lahem hashpa'a b'mida meruba b'ein b'gash misbein b'ruchnis. And they had that power, that they were receiving enormous blessing and abundance, both physically and spiritually. V'hayya lahem kochos g'dolem, with great capacity. Ach, ka'asher ha'kochos hen g'dolem, says when human potential is great so also is the possibility for decline and corruption and, and degeneration and so too are the opposing forces when there's strong spiritual and religious potential there's also strong opposition to that potential that these things go hand in hand as we see that the obliteration of the world then through the flood was so enormous that the whole world was destroyed except Noah and his family that could have occurred on the other side as what happened negatively shows what could have occurred positively had they chosen to be an upright generation when that generation saw this abundance that they had from heaven, they made a choice which was self-centered. And they said, we will take this abundance of blessing and we will use it strictly for ourselves. They made a choice as to how to be involved with that. Hashba. And they took all of the blessings that they had and they erected no boundaries and no limitations on human life. So nothing was put within a context. It was just an abundance and an overabundance with no definition, no boundaries. Very interesting midrash. They said, meaning the generation of the flood of Noah, who is Hashem that we shall serve him? But the name that they used was Shindal Yud. Who is Shakai that we should serve him? What does that name mean? Kishem Shakai Mora Al the name Shakai refers to Simpson, which is confining, making boundaries, taking that which is infinite and making it finite. The name Shakai is Sha'amar la Olamo Dai. Hashem said to the world, This is enough. So, specifically, the name of Hashem that they said, who, who is this that we should serve him? It was the name of God that represents the establishment of productive boundaries and limitations in life. They didn't want they didn't want that. Yeah? Yes. Uh, but he didn't use the sh- the shame Shakai. I think he used the shame Yud Kevokai. I think so. Is that your recollection? Me Hashem? I think so. You didn't want any rules before. Right. Like the higher higher shame. Interesting point, yeah.
As the Gemara says, when Hashem created the world, page 28, the world was going and going, God was creating and creating at the time of creation, and then at a certain point he said, die, enough, boundary. That's the name, Shem Dalad says the concept there of the world spreading forth, we're going back to Horatius now, to creation, is that the world gets more distant and more distant from its creative source. That's what it means, it's spreading out. And that creative source becomes more concealed. If the world would have spread out further, it would have become so distant from God that human beings would not be able to recognize God. So God let the world go. He guided the world to an extent of distance from Him, so to speak. And then He said, and that's it. He left the ability for people to recognize him in creation. So God created the world where it became, so to speak, distant enough from him, not truly distant because God is everywhere, but hidden enough, that people would have to think about and have to choose but revealed enough that if one wants to see and serve God, they can make that choice as well. And that was an exact choice by Hashem. As the name Shakai refers to the stopping, the, ba- the limiting of the physical forces. The generation of the flood were not interested in this kind of boundary. They wanted to take the abundance, the abundance strictly for themselves. There should be no boundary, no definition, no discipline. And to keep expanding and expanding and expanding without any border. What's really an interesting thing here, I find, uh, aside from the concept that he's mentioning, which is very, very significant, is that sometimes saying enough keeps a person closer to Hashem. When Hashem created the world, by saying enough, that kept the world in relationship with Him. Had He not said die, the physical world would have become so powerful that people couldn't recognize God. The people think boundaries are confining, but spiritually an appropriate boundary keeps one closer to our Kaddish It keeps a person within the realm of relationship and not spilling over into areas where we become so distant from God that we're, we can't recognize the relationship. Yes, Mark? Question. Is this the period when the Noahide laws were formed together was it after this is prior oh, uh, this is prior with this this section about creation and then when the time of Noah came and his generation was uh, flooded out that's when the laws of Noah 
continues to be. So my question is, before the flood, what uh, principles did, you know, they had unlimited, you know, dimensions, so what principles did they have that they could operate on? Well, these, these uh, principles of Sheva Mitzvah B'nai Noah, those were the laws of the time. Not to kill, not to murder, mm -hmm. not, not, sorry, not to steal, not to commit adultery. Yeah. Those were the moral principles they had to follow, which they did. Yes, well, we can say that the thievery was the biggest problem, but it was the problem that sealed the judgment for them. In other words, the Swarm seemed to say that the sexual immorality of the time was more of a problem, right? that there was absolutely no boundary there. You know, anything went, even to the point where Rashi points out that the animals became sexually corrupt because human corruption had filtered into the world so much that there was inter-species mating between animals, except for the fish who were shielded from them. So that seems to have been the, you know, the biggest problem that they had. There was a Bodhisattva as well. And the violence that they had, thievery and stealing, that sealed the judgment. And that one of the ideas there is that if there's no civil law, Right? There's nothing to hold society in check. So if you have moral problems, but there's still a civil law to hold things in check, you're holding it in check. Once that goes, that's the final stopgap. You know, there's no business relationship. It's not even done on a professional you know, level. I'd say we would say that's unprofessional. You know, morality doesn't matter, but it's not professional. So at least it holds people in check. Once that goes, then the society is down the drain. And unfortunately, you know, there's a lot of strong similarities. The morality's fine. Yeah. Everything's right. Yeah. 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 Professionalism is Well, it's still there. <laughs> Civil responsibilities, yeah. All right. This is an interesting thing. So these people in the time of the flood, they knew that their time would come. They knew that they had, you know, God was going to one day bring their judgment. And that God was going to eventually discipline them, punishment. But they said, hey, as long as the living is great, let the living be great. We're going to enjoy it while we have it. And, you know, whatever tomorrow brings, well, what's that? Eat, eat drink, and be merry, for tomorrow we, we will die, right? Now that's great, you know, statement there. Right. <laughs> Whatever will be, it will be. V'zehu habir b'mashu kasev hamidrash omer rabbi Eliezer. Eizda kasha zesha omer lamelech oani oata b'paltin. Rabbi Eliezer says in the midrash, which statement is worse, right? One who says to a king, either you or I can be in this place, my friend. You say that to a king. You go into his palace and you say, this place isn't big enough for the two of us. Right? <laughs> <laughs> or one who says to him, 
I should be here and not you. Right, so what's worse? If you say to the Melech, it's either me or you, or you say to him, it's me and not you. Which is the worst of the two? Shador Hamabul Amru, the generation of the flood, they said, Oani Oata, it's either us or you, God. They didn't say us and not you. They said, okay, you know, you're giving us this time, we're going to go with it and we're going to live with it and the living is good. It's either us or you. Shokol Zaman Sheishlem Yicholes as long as they had the ability to live in that state of abundancy, they were going to do it. Without being limited by the you, meaning by God. What would happen to them, it wasn't important to them, and it didn't make a difference to them. In a certain way, one way I think to relate to those, although there's a large difference in terms of morality, but just as a state of mind, a state of mind right? An adolescent, right? Or a young person who is very prone sometimes to dangerous behavior. Because they know, they've been told it's not healthy, it's dangerous, you know. It doesn't register. It doesn't want to be registered. Because the world is a place to have fun. There's a mentality of setting that aside, whatever will happen will happen, I'm having a great time. So in a much larger scale, they're thinking, you know, okay, the time's going to come, but we're having a lot of fun. Are you? So just to clarify, Please. the first statement of Revealia is the one that is the worst statement. Um, I don't know which is worse because we haven't qualified it yet. We haven't answered that question. We just raised the question in the midrash. But the first one that corresponds to the Oani Oata, that corresponds to their generation. It's either us or you, referring to that kind of That was the area. Is that right? Right. 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 Pardon me, That He didn't answer it yet. He's just applying that to the generation of the flood, that mentality. How, how does that differ from it's, it's us and not you? I'm not sure yet, okay. but may, maybe he will explain that. I think the us and not you really, as it says later, that applies to the Dorha Flaga, the generation who built the Tower of uh, Bogo. They were trying to defeat God by building that tower. Us and not you. Ani Veloata. We're going to leave you out of this world. This generation is saying, "Go find your own world." Yeah, you know, we're we're doing good. You know, we're we're having a good. We're we're not trying to destroy yeah, okay. you, but you know, okay. right? Do your thing, okay. right? Right? You know, we know that our time may come, but right now it's great. It hasn't come yet. Okay. So they really that's the O and the That's why I was right. postulating that it's almost worse. It's more chutzpahdik in a certain way. How can two opposites like that exist together? The second scenario in the universe is saying, is recognizing that we want to get rid of God because we want to get rid of morality and we want to be in charge. Right. So then there's only one force in the world, which is humanity. Yeah. And I think, I think that the Oani Oata is a very casual, insensitive, non-caring, cavalier approach to the world which has its own dangers. 
And the other one leads to this approach over here, leads to cruelty, the one of the Tower of Babel. I'm, I'm against God. And each one has its own drawback. Jimmy? Yeah, I just think that it's either you or me is they're saying um, whatever is going to be, but we don't want to have anything to do with you, even if it means we have to leave the world. But we'd rather leave the world than be in the world with you. So one way or the other, we, you know, whatever it is, we want nothing to do with you. So it's very removed, very removed from relationship. Right. Right. We don't want to be involved with you. Right. And even if we, if we have to leave, fine, we'll right. leave. But we don't want to be with you. Very good. Unless you're going to kill us, you're going to wipe us out. That's fine. As long as we don't have to hang out with you. Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, very good. That clarifies that nicely. Yeah, yes. Please. Please. Are you saying you don't want limits, you don't want Yes, and I, the idea is that within those boundaries lies the relationship to God. And by rejecting the boundaries, which are constructive boundaries, they're rejecting the relationship. Okay. Yes, Neil. No, no Yura at all. No Yura. No sense of fear or re responsibility. It's a really depraved society. Whereas with the generation of the Tower of Babel, there was fear. There were some things in place. They, they wanted right. to wipe God out because they were, right. they were concerned about what he was doing. They didn't. Right. Yet there's a recognition from what you're saying of the awesomeness, power of God, because they knew sooner or later the time would come. The time would come, but, but so... Denial. Denial. <laughs> so if something doesn't fit, you know, because um, if you know, how can you, if you know the awesomeness, and then ultimate, ultimately you're going to pay, which we just talked about, and you have, how can you not have some type of fear of that? I think what happens there is that the self-centeredness and the self-involvement, the narcissism of that generation takes over. And it doesn't allow the other, the, the even God awareness, which was at the back of their minds, to come forth were so involved with themselves. So that like the, the, the ultimate new generation. Right. 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 They yeah. could really dismiss that because they were so extremely self-involved. Yeah. That, yeah. that makes sense. Sure. Yeah. Sure. 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 Even Noah, Hashem comes down with him because, uh, you know, tells him, how can you complain? He didn't complain when he had all those 120 years to, to complain. And you kind of thought of yourself and your family when you knew you were going to be okay. Right, and a little bit of the, it's a good point, Bruce, because a, a little bit of the criticism on Noah, you know, seems to uh, revolve around that. Uh, he, according to his level, he was a great right. person, but there was something there. He was not quite involved enough with his generation, and maybe that was a product of his time as well, as, as much as 
as great as he was, he couldn't completely no. climb no, out of that like Avram Avinu did. If he was the greatest in his generation, right. even he wasn't perfect right. in that in that sense. Right. He still had a pain to taste right. the problem. But some want to say, you know, rising to his defense, that Noah understood that he could not impact his generation. He knew it. So with Avram Avinu impacted his generation, right? But even Avram Avinu, when it came to Saddam, right? He didn't go to Saddam to be Makar people. He didn't do outreach in Saddam. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but he did David for them to a point of ten sadiqim. And less than ten sadiqim, Avravinu knew that there was no mokum for tefillah. And some of the Beforeshim say that in Noah's time, he also knew there were less than ten sadiqim. So he wasn't mispalo for them, knowing that it wasn't going to help. And he didn't try to have impact on them, also knowing that his words would fall upon deaf ears. So that's, you know, in defense of Noah, where he was coming from, but you always have this tension because you have the other side of the criticism of Noah. It's there in the Hazal, so there's got to be something there. Okay, yes, yeah? I, I don't know, uh, I, I've read some place that the condition of these people is such, the phrase is that Hashem sets a seal over their hearts in response to you, how could they not have this fear at all? But it's a condition that Hashem places, puts a seal over their hearts so they don't even have the capacity to be spiritual. That sensitivity. Love or fear. Right. They just right. 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 Call team to Right, so now we're in the next paragraph there uh, on page Tesva, right column, about four lines down. In that generation, evil was Belihagbala, without boundary. To the extent that there wasn't even a spark of good in society. As long as there's a little bit of good mixed in to the evil, the good can serve as a boundary for the evil. So that we're understanding now the importance of a gavul, of a boundary. That good can limit the long-reaching arms of evil. And the good serves then as an obstacle so it does not allow the evil to spread out. As it says here about this generation, they were filled with Hamas, which is violence. Shepam, pardon me? I think this will be a very interesting insight into psychology. How so? You know, you, most hatreds of human relationships, they, they have to do with really a kind of conflict over self-interest. And you see so, so often in, in the history of anti-feminism, it really has nothing to do with any self-interest. It's just a, a hatred without, without measure or analysis. And in a certain sense, you can say it's sort of the, 
the effort of evil to, to sort of spread in a kind of internal recognition, intrinsic recognition uh, that, that something good in the world is, is an obstacle to, to the spread of evil. Very good. Good time. Shepa machas nichna sarava kodesh rebleib shirhas. Rebleib Shiraz was a great tzaddik in the time of the Baal Shem. And he once came to visit the house of the Baal Shem Tov. I think he was not a, initial, of course, by definition, during the generation, but he became one. He became a chassid of the Baal Shem. That's, that's what I recall. Yeah, he was already an Adam Gadol. Yeah. Bishalu Odos Hamido Shalateva. And he asked the Baal Shem concerning the measurements of the ark. 300 amos long, 50 amos wide, 30 amos high. Sholosh meos amo b'chamishim amo, amam ramzim elahamidus. He asked the Baal Shem, what do these measurements of the ark hint to? Why is the Torah telling us how big it was? V'omer habesht, sheyagin ma'ashu chashev, so the Baal Shem said to Reb Leib that you go ahead and say your thought. Let me hear your thought on it, your insight. Vamarav HaKadoshanath, Reb Leib said, Ki hara ba'olam hu hamalach asher shemo samoel v'hanachash. We know that in the world, evil is like an angel. Say it's a force in the world. And it has this name, Samach Memal Lamed, also called the Nachash or the serpent. That's the force of evil in the world. Vuhara be'emes mu'urav betov asher zen no sein chiyus v'kiyum lahara. And they're enmeshed. Good and evil are enmeshed together. And evil kind of, um, it, 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 it nurtures itself off of the power of good. The common concept in Hasidus and that evil tries to congregate around good to, to receive power from that which is good. Were there no good whatsoever, nothing could exist. If something is completely void of good, it can't exist. And the forces of evil are aware of that. And therefore they attach themselves in some subtle way to Tov because that's their life. Without that, they'll just deflate. And it will also boundary, it will cause a boundary there. Uh, the, the Tov will cause the rod to have a certain limitation. So he said the letter Ches in the word Nachash, I'm not sure why it, he said that represents Ra, evil. The Nun and the Shin they are the powers of, of Tov that gives it a boundary. Hamu'uravim buhara, the gammagbili maso. So nun, ches, shin. The nun and the shin are the two outside letters, the beginning and the end. They're the boundaries. And the shin's in the middle. And he's saying the nun and the shin, they represent kohos hatov. I'm not sure why. And the ches is the ra. Ubeshem hamalach Yesh Shemo Shalakadosh Borahu. And in the name of that angel, which is the Malach of Ra, Samoel, 
there is within it a name of Hashem. Kamo b'chol every malach has a name of Hashem in its name. Micha El, Rifa El, Gavriel. Kel meaning Hashem's name. Tosamo El, which is an angel of evil, it still has the Aleph Lamed. That's the life of that angel. Or even in a power in the world that represents evil, it has to derive its life from somewhere. And the Samach Mem, the first two letters of its name, that's the evil. That the whole world was filled with Hamas. That's the Ches from Nafash. And the Mem Samach from Samoel. Shohayokulo Ra. The world was completely and thoroughly bad in that time. Hamas. Shenishar haches vahamem vahasamach levad belishum taruvishalatov. That these letters were only around with no infusion of good. Vahatov hichnis noach letevaso. Where did all the good go? Noach brought it into the ark. It was a separation, a complete separation of good from out of evil. The measurements of the ark, they correspond to the letters in the names that represent good. The shin from Nachash is what? 300. That's the width. That's the nun of the shin. Lahalamid, the lamid from Kale, from Aleph Lamid, that's the 30 amos high that the teva was. Shloshimama. The ha'alef, what about the one, the aleph? Hu ha'ama vel ama techalana milmala. That represents the top ama because the window in the teva was one ama wide. That was the fourth measurement of the teva. 300 long, 50 wide, 30 high and a slope coming to a one-amma window at the top. So Noah brought all the kochos hatov into the teva. Kikol hatov shehoya ba'olam huchnes el teva. He brought it all there, and what was left outside was completely void of, of good, and therefore it was destroyed. Avodur ha'mabul nishar legamre ra, shehispashtu bulishum simsum mekoach ha'matsur. There was nothing limiting, giving boundaries to the forces of evil there, to the abundance that they had. No no limitation whatsoever, and it led to self-destruction. That's a great, great word you've had. Yes, Mark? <coughs> yes, I'm a little bit confused here. This must be some new revelation to me. In other words, the, the, the measurement of the ark is in some way connected to the good and... Yes. This I have never heard before. Say. You have to understand my my understanding of good and bad or it's sort of opposite polarities. Now you can have you know at the same instant second, I'm kind of I just have a little bit of problem. I must be on a different plane or something because yeah. I can't understand, you know, I'm not in my thing is you, you, you either one or the other. You can't have you know, and Noah came in. Certainly, there had to be some other people in that whole planet that had that did something good or something away from who never even knew Noah or anybody else. So I really can't understand when all the good was taken in. 
It's a society as hard as it is to conceive of. Yes, right. I can't. We don't have a big planet to dealing with. Completely void of good. I mean, that's that's the level they sunk to. And the good that was in them, that was Noah and his family. That's the amount of good that was there after Mr. Shalak died. And they took that good into the Teva. The world was then left at that point only for destruction. And usually there's a intermingling of good and evil. That's the way the world exists. The Tov and Ra are functioning. That's what I thought. And we're trying to overcome the Ra with the forces of Tov. But they had sunk so low that the only course at that point was a complete separation. I don't know how big the, uh, how far the population extended there. I don't know. But it does say that the whole world was flooded except for the land of Israel. The land of Israel did not uh, have experienced the flood. In, in the Midrash last night I was reading, yes. it says that the whole world was concentrated in that valley. Of Shinar which became a Babylonia, which is now right, Iraq. Right, but the whole, the whole world was there. All the people were there. That population. So we also have no knowledge that any other area was not covered with water. Wait a minute, so this, now this is a new revelation. So in other words, not, there was one part that was not covered at all with water? That was Israel. Land of Israel. So there was some, must have been some good there, right? Well, there you go. Good point. <laughs> well, uh, my mind, you have to understand, my mind is not into this uh, so much. So in other words, you mean to tell me there is, um, there was one part of the planet, whatever it was before? Right. Before? Okay. Um, all right. I, I think I understand. No, it's an excellent point that you make. It's an excellent point. That that... In terms of well, the earth, that remains tough. But then, what about Oak? He hung up. What is not inside or outside, yet he lived. So does that, does that mean he had he was partly good? I don't know. You just drop that. Actually, no, I, I think I've seen... Uh, what do you see? He did have a, did have a, uh, a neat uh, spark of Kedusha, that's what you're saying. Okay. Uh, and, and, and he attached himself to the topic of the generation. Which was done. Mm-hmm. Do you find he had a comment? That was originally, that was the first flood in the time of Enosh. That flood was a third of the world. And then the Dor Hamabel didn't learn from that. And Hashem then flooded the whole world. <laughs> I don't think it would have mattered. <laughs> Based on the intensity of that flood and the hot water, right? What the characteristic of the That's how they're that's how they're characterized. Well, idol worship is the theme that characterizes them. This generation more depraved. Sexual immorality, violence. Yeah. 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 Y
Shira, an outright denial of God and actually taking up a battle against God. Yeah, we're going to dive into the message. If if ten out ten out of the eleven can stay. Yes, you call it everybody.